Please join me in the prayer for illumination. Let us pray. Eternal God, in the reading of the scripture, may your word be heard. In the meditation of our hearts, may your word be known. And in the faithfulness of our lives, may your word be shown. Amen. Our scripture this morning found in Matthew 21, 1 through 11. When they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus gave two disciples a task. He said to them, go into the village over there. As soon as you enter, you will find a donkey tied up with a colt with it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anybody says anything to you, say that the Lord needs it. He sent them off right away. Now this happened to fulfill what the prophet said, say to the daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming to you, humble and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the donkey's offspring. The disciples went and did just as Jesus had ordered them. They brought the donkey and the colt and laid their clothes on them. Then he sat on them. Now a large crowd spread their clothes on the road. Others cut palm branches off the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds in front of him and behind him shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up. Who is this, they asked. The crowds answered, it's the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. This is the word of God for the people of God. Can we agree that everybody loves a parade? Everybody loves a parade. Now, I find it interesting, Houston has a number of fascinating parades. You can attend the Go Texan Parade, which is related to the rodeo. You can um, benefit and have fun in Fourth of July and Thanksgiving parades. But did you know two things that I think are unique? That Houston has not just one, but two MLK parades. They actually have competing routes to different groups trying to honor a, a man who was about peace and conflict resolution, have great conflict about how the parades should go, right? If you're not laughing at that, it, do, it doesn't get better than that for this morning. Um, and then lastly, it happened yesterday, the art car parade. If you haven't been to the art car parade, you need to put it on your bucket list of things to do. We are uh, planning to do that as well, but having looked and seen all the different kinds of art cars that come down the parade, it is the most eclectic parade you will ever find. There are cars that look like Ronald McDonald's shoe. There are cars that look like Chewbacca or Yoda. If those are strange words, turn to the teenager next to you and ask them. 
there are um, cars that are made out of bottle caps and cars that are made out of wind chimes. There are cars that look like red, is it um, the flyer, uh, the, the red wagon, the kind of flyer wagon, right? Um, sorry. Radio flyer, thank you. I was trying to say Red Rider BB gun, but I'm sure there's a car that looks like the Red Rider BB gun, but it wasn't what I was hoping would come out of my mouth. <laughs> a parade is a celebration. Think about a parade. A parade has a route. A parade has spectators. A parade has a grand marshal. A parade has a kind of a holiday or a moment or a victory to celebrate. Everybody loves a parade. And so too, as Jesus comes for Palm Sunday, walking from Bethphage into Jerusalem, it's a parade and everybody knows it. If you think about it, scripture says, those who shouted Hosanna shouted from behind him and in front of him. You, you see, they knew the route of the parade. This wasn't sudden. This wasn't, oh, I, I wonder who is this coming? No, no, this was a day for parades. In fact, there are actually three parades happening during this time of the year. Uh, during the run up to Passover, Pontius Pilate would come from his home uh, with his flanks of Roman centurions, and he would come to uh, celebrate his power. <laughs> Uh, as he walked through the city. Uh, and uh, Herod, um, the appointed figurehead uh, of, um, of, the, the, uh, of the province of Judea, uh, he would come with his soldiers as well. And he would, uh, on a war horse, would uh, parade through as well. More so to keep any uprisings from happening, because Passover, uh, you remember, Passover celebrates the uh, triumphant deliverance of the Israelites out of Egypt uh, by way of the Red Sea, um, by way of um, the plagues that came over the Egyptians. You see, uh, a good Passover celebration has a little bit of rebellion in it. And so both Pontius Pilate and King Herod, they were celebrating their own power, but they were also in the streets to make sure that no one else was going to celebrate their own power as well. So Jesus begins a parade. Now, this is a strange parade, right? If you are uh, a parade aficionado, there are, uh, there are parades where beads are thrown. There are parades where candy is thrown. There's even a parade in Lake Jackson that is lit up at night, uh, right? But, you know, but festival of lights, right? There are lots of different kinds of parades, but I know no parade that waves palm branches. And, and I should have a little bit of experience. I uh, was born in Cocoa Beach, Florida, right? The, the home of Ron John Surf Shop and um, uh, the, the fictional uh, um, um, setting for I Dream of Genie. I mean, if somebody was going to do something with palm branches, I'm pretty sure Cocoa Beach, Florida would figure it out. But we didn't wave palm branches at anything. So what's a parade? 
with palm branches. Now, uh, wonderfully, I'm so glad that the comedy uh, video that we played at the beginning of the service was actually biblically um, uh, educational, right? I mean, it, all very true, right? Um, that, uh, that the um, Ezekiel passage uh, about welcoming a king on a donkey uh, by laying cloaks and palm branches down as a sign of victory uh, was not only something deeply rooted in the Israelites' history, but also very present in the culture of Rome. Uh, anytime a conquering Roman general uh, would come back to Rome, having conquered some appropriate uh, uh, part of the frontier, uh, there would be a parade uh, through Rome. Uh, and in that parade, there would be floats. And on the floats, there would be the generals that were so brave. There would be depictions of battles. Th there would be um, uh, uh, floats with spoils of the war. There would be floats with prisoners of the war. The parade would tell the story of the conquering general's victory uh, over those who were not yet part of the family of the Roman Empire. A parade. So as Jesus is walking through, not only do we uh, hearken back to Israelite history of what it looks like for a king, not a conquering king, but a victorious friendly king, to come not on a war horse, but to come on a donkey, a sign of peace, a sign of humility. I mean, I haven't had much experience with donkeys, but I imagine that donkeys and sheep have to be close in terms of the IQ scale of barnyard animals. Uh, sheep don't do anything you ask them to do. You can pull a sheep by, uh, the, um, by the lead rope on the front of the sheep. I don't even know what the front of the sheep's called. The head, the mouth, the nose, whatever you want to call it, right? I grew up in the woodlands. I didn't know what a dually was until I went to Stephen F. Austin. Uh, but if you turn around and you, and you hit that sheep on the rear, boy, it'll take off and run. See, if it gets to choose where it gets to go, it'll go gladly. But if it gets any sense that you're interested in pulling it, it doesn't want to go. A donkey has to be similar in that regard. No one takes the frontier in a victorious, epic battle on the back of a donkey. So Jesus comes in on a donkey as a sign of a king being welcomed home, of a peaceful, conquering king, a king that comes in peace. But what is this thing about route? You know, they knew where the route was. People were lining up. They were ready. Uh, almost like you're in um, uh, New Orleans, ready for the Mardi Gras uh, celebration, right? They, they've got their palm branches or beads. They've got their route uh, um, staked out. They know what they're going to do, and they know what they're going to celebrate. Well, when we look back uh, over the holidays and holy days of the Jewish religion, one of those holidays and holy days uh, was related to um, Yom Kippur uh, and to a harvest festival called Sukkot. At Sukkot, um, uh, families would gather together and create um, outdoor, um, um, uh, let's see, canopy areas. And in those canopy areas, they would stay out uh, overnight, a number of nights, to remember how uh, God provided for them when they were uh, 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness. But one of the things they also did is they gathered together 
branches, four kinds of branches, branches from a uh, citrus fruit tree, uh, branches that were from uh, myrtle and uh, more of an evergreen, and also palm branches as well. And they would wave these palm branches and other tree branches around in the midst of their canopy as a way to celebrate God's good creation and the good provision that God has for them. So here we are again on the parade route here we have people not only uh, laying out their cloaks before Jesus, but waving palm branches, both in the Roman tradition of victory, but also in the ancient Israel tradition of knowing that God provides. And notice what the um, uh, crowds are sh uh, shouting, right? They're not shouting, go Texans. Uh, they're not shouting um, anything related to sports, right? What they're shouting is, Hosanna, Hosanna, a particularly Hebrew word. Hosanna means in the most simplest uh, way, save us. Now the scripture translates it into uh, Lord save us. And so the crowd there celebrating the provisions of God, the conquering and the peaceful king coming home, as the palm branches are waved, the crowd chants, Lord, save us. Save us from who? Save us most likely from the Roman Empire. Save us most likely from those who would do wrong to us. Save us from the world who seems to not understand what it means to be a Jew in that time and place. Lord, save us. What's one more kind of um, uh, moment that we might say that the crowd knows what's going on? Well, in the midst of that um, Sukkot Harvest Festival, that festival where they make booths or uh, canopies where they sit outside at night and celebrate how God provided for them in the 40 days and 40 nights uh, of traveling uh, uh, through, I'm sorry, 40 uh, years of traveling through uh, the desert after Passover uh, as they um, wave palm branches. Uh, and I gotta be honest, I'm probably waving a palm branch too if I'm in, you know, um, you know, desert, uh, Palestine, um, it, no matter what time of the year it is. Um, but as they're doing all of these actions that are deeply rooted in ancient Israelite history, as they're saying Hosanna, uh, loud Hosannas, they also must remember that there was a, a planned route uh, into the city by the priests during Sukkot, and that the priests would walk that route every time that uh, Sukkot was celebrated. And every festival in the Jewish uh, holy days were multiple days. And so multiple days, each of these days in a row, the priests would um, march into um, uh, the city. They would go straight to the temple. And the highlight of the day was the drawing of water and the pouring of water and wine over the altar. Um, the Talmud says uh, that if one has not seen the drawing of the water of Sukkot, then one has not lived a life yet. And so the highlight of this moment of seeing the water drawn and poured over the altar with wine was one of those high holy days for these people. And so watching Jesus uh, triumphantly enter into Jerusalem, you say, well, wait a minute. What does that have anything to do with priests and water? Let's not forget that Jesus called himself what? The water of life. 
the living water. And then he talked about the temple becoming a wellspring of that living water. And you can go back to Ezekiel, there's a prophetic image of a water, a stream of new water flowing from the temple, from the altar itself. And Ezekiel, who sounds much like an engineer, is measuring the flow, the height, the depth, and the width of that water. And the purpose of measuring it is to show how overwhelming and powerful the provision of God can be. So friends, let's be sure we know that this was not a ragtag army, that this was not a a couple of rabble rousers gathered together on a random day, but this was a moment for a parade that the route was known, that the actions were scripted, that the celebration was profound, for their king was coming home. Their priest was going to pull the water, that God's provision would be overwhelming and enough. I enjoy uh, reading um, a number of folks. Uh, One particularly is named Leonard Sweet, And apparently Leonard Sweet and the guys that put the um, uh, uh, video together today must have been on the same side. Leonard Sweet says there's an old saying that if Michelangelo had been afraid of heights, we'd have had the Sistine floor. (laughs) Come with me here. And if Jacob had been afraid of heights, we'd have no, we're climbing Jacob's ladder. And if Adam had been afraid to breathe in, we'd have no breathe on me, breath of God. And if Abraham had been afraid of the unknown, we'd have no the God of Abraham praise. And if David had been afraid of leading sheep through the dark valleys, we'd have no savior like a shepherd lead us. And if Paul had been afraid to be weak, we'd have no make me a captive Lord. If Peter had been afraid to be wrong, we'd have no rock of ages. And if Sarah had been afraid of laughter, we'd have no joy to the Lord. And if Daniel had been afraid of speaking truth to power, we'd have no dare to be a Daniel. And lastly, if two disciples had been afraid of breaking the rules, we'd have no Palm Sunday. Never forget that during Holy Week, you are swept up into the script of holy and powerful drama but it does not negate your part to act with conscience, to act in congruence with your call, to be who God has called you to be, the light of the world and the salt of the earth. Hosanna, Hosanna, Lord save us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.